0: All right. All right, let's welcome our pastor, Aaron Lee.
1: Okay, let's pray. Everybody, just keep their eyes closed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that your presence is here in this room. God, we thank you that there's no room for anxiety. There's no room for discouragement. There's no room for any of the attacks of the enemy to prosper in this place. God, we just establish that this is a place of truth, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we walk, live, breathe your truth. And God, I just establish that over every single person that's sitting here right now, God. I just come against every work of the enemy cause distraction. Any work of the enemy, Lord, Father, God, just to cause oh Lord, any division or, Father, disconnection to what's going on, oh Lord, in your presence. We thank you, Father, for your surprises. We thank you for the things that we do not plan. And Father, that you show up in, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much that your presence is so here. And God, as much as we've come to meet you, you have come to meet with us. And so, Father, we love you. And God, we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Why don't you guys open your um, Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 to 23. Okay, and if we're there, let's all read it together. Um, one, two, three. My son... Okay, are we not there? Is that what it is? Okay. Just kidding. Mm-hmm after psalms proverbs okay okay are we all ready yeah okay here we go one starting from verse 20 to 23 my son keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching bind them on your heart always tie them around your neck When you walk, they will lead you, and when you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Amen. Amen. I remember at the beginning of this year, my year started off with, like, so many visits to the dentist. Like, I'm pretty sure I was there for about a month and a half every Monday. That's my Sabbath day. So Sabbath got jacked up because I had to go to the dentist every single Monday morning and I went because I had like six cavities or I don't know something like that anyway a lot of decay that was going on you know I used to have dreams that uh, my teeth fall would fall out it's a bizarre dream and I would have and I'd wake up and I'm like oh like literally I'd, and I'd like spit out all this teeth you know and I I remember looking at the dream book later on There's a book that helps you kind of interpret dreams um, because God speaks through dreams. Amen. Amen. And uh, the word teeth um, can often represent wisdom. You know, can I just sidetrack just for a second? You know, not all your dreams are from the Lord. Even the ones that look prophetic, if they don't come into agreement with the word of God, it's not of God. And so I had this dream and I thought, man, I must have no wisdom. This must mean my wisdom is falling out. Right? Because it was such a prophetic dream. And I saw teeth in the book and I'm like, Ooh, you know, and I was like, must be of the Lord. But you know, it was a soulless dream. It was something that I believed for myself, but it wasn't true because the word of God does not say that about me. And so anyway, that's not the truth, but. Anyway, that's how I figured out that wisdom can sometimes um, be represented in teeth. And so, so every uh, Monday, I would go to the dentist. And after the dentist, without fail, I'd go to a cafe and have a date with God. And, you know, it was, it was great, but a little painful. You know, as a, you know, and it was a little bit hard. But I remember thinking to myself, man, God, why do I have to start my year off going to the dentist? And it was, it was expensive, too which God supernaturally provided for later on. but And I remember God saying to me that he was restoring wisdom in my life. That I had decay the world's wisdom that was all up in me that I thought was true. And God was saying, it's only going deeper. We need to dig that out. And I'm going to establish, I'm going to recap all those teeth <laughs> And I'm going to restore wisdom. This is going to be a year of wisdom for you. Now, that's how I stumbled across my theme verse of the year, which I preached about in Proverbs. And um, Proverbs has been a special book for me this year in particular because of that revelation. Proverbs is a good book. I remember, yeah, it's just one of those books you always get beat up when you read it. But it's like a good kind of beating, kind of like the retreat. Anybody got feet up in the Okay. So we're going to look at um, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to 23. This is a book of wisdom. And it says in the NIV, NIV version, I'm going to read that out. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Amen. You know, I think one of the things that God has been establishing in this house is spiritual fathers and mothers. And, and. The things that are coming out of your spiritual fathers and mothers, and that comes in your small group leader, the person that's directing your ministry, people that are spiritually covering you, the words that are coming out of your mouth. My question to you is how have you been treating those words? How have you been handling those words? You know, Pastor Benjamin said in one of his encounter series, in John 17, 17, is Jesus' prayer uh, to God. And he said, this is what I'm leaving behind to your people, my words. And Pastor Benjamin said something interesting. He said, your inheritance are the words of your father. And we had this amazing retreat. If you did not go, lucky for you, it's all on podcast Seriously, you do not want to miss it out. It was just crazy. Who was there? Amen? Amen? How have you been treating your inheritance? If that was your inheritance that was spoken over you this past weekend, what have you been doing with your inheritance? Because I know for me, the story of Esau and him trading his inheritance for a bowl of soup is something that I'm all too familiar with. if there is truth and inheritance in the word that's coming from the father or even the grandfather or however you want to say it, how have we been handling the words we just received? Do we keep our father's command? Do we not forsake our mother's teaching, but we bind it upon what? Our heart. Not just writing it down in your notebooks, but have you been writing it down in your heart? Have you been binding it to your heart and fastening them around your neck? Why is this so important? What happens when you do that? It says here, when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, those words will watch over you. When you are awake, those words that you heard coming out of your father and your mother, they will speak to you. I've spent the past week with the presence of my spiritual mom and dad, and I'm telling you every word that's been coming out of their mouths, I'm just ah, so hungry, ah, you know, just more and more. And I realized that I was dis- as I was discipling some of my own spiritual sons and daughters. I had a lunch with Rona and Eunice the other day. All I kept saying was, Pastor Benjamin said, and Mama Sunny said, and Papa said, and I, it was like the whole hour, two hours we were together. I pretty much mentioned then like five million times exaggeration, but a lot. And because it was what they have said to me was my inheritance. And then what I thought about was that's not only my inheritance, but it's my inheritance to give away. But how have you been handling those words since the retreat? What was your week like? It says in John seventeen seventeen 17, that um, Jesus said, sanctify them in truth, and your word is truth. You know, it's not easy to take your spiritual authority's words and bind them to your heart and fasten them around your neck. It's not easy. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. And I'm just going to go over something that I think is going to help us break out of some of the difficulty of that. Matthew chapter 14, 35 to 36. And I'm going to read that for you. Um, And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret. Hmm. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well, you know, the one word that sticks out for me when I read this passage is recognize they recognized him. It reminds me of that passage in uh, Luke chapter 24, the story of the Emmaus road. I preach on this like every semester and the two disciples were walking, walking with Jesus. But guess what? They did not recognize him. But here in this passage, Jesus is walking in this town and here are these men and they look at him. They go, oh snap, that's Jesus. They recognize him and through his through their recognition, they knew and sought out his authority. And right away, because they knew that he had, an, uh, he had a powerful authority, what did they do? They submitted. And they said, all we need to do is just touch the fringe of his garment, and the sick will be healed. And according to their faith, it was done. Now, I think the key in there is recognition. They recognized him. They recognized his authority. And a natural byproduct of the recognition of authority was submission. You know, I'm reminded of even the faith of the centurion, which Jesus totally was so shocked by. And here was a man who understood authority and submission. And he came to Jesus and he talked about his servant who was deathly ill. And he told Jesus, all you need to do is say the word and my servant would be healed. Because that man understood authority. And because he understood authority, there came about a natural submission. You know what Proverbs chapter six is talking about? My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Submission. Am I allowed to talk about submission tonight? Y'all getting mad quiet on me. (laughs) And here's the thing I want to say. We're a church that is being established in our identity. And we're a church that knows that part of our identity comes in authority that Jesus gave to us. But the more we yearn and seek for authority, we need to understand that much more submission. Pastor Daniel said it like this. Our submission always needs to outweigh our authority. If you're moving outside of that realm where you're acting more in authority than you are in submission, you're walking in pride. We're a church that needs to understand the authority that we carry, but that much more, we need to understand submission. Even more than that, we need to understand submission. And the heart behind submission is not just doing, it's understanding the heart. It's not just doing what your spiritual authority is saying, it's understanding their heart. Why are they saying that? With what heart are they saying that? And coming to agreement with it and coming under it. When you submit, your authority grows. You know, after I came under submission to my spiritual parents, people have been saying, you look different. You act different. You preach different. You prophesy different. You know why? It's because I'm submitted. Nothing else happened. Really, nothing else happened except I finally came under submission. And that submission released a greater authority in my life. Not only does submission release a greater authority in you, it releases a greater authority in your spiritual leader. Some of you are like, man, what is up with my leader? And you are so quick to criticize. You know how I know? Because I did the same thing. I struggle with the same thing. Wow, well, what do he say? Huh? So quick to criticize. But without understanding that if I submit, there's a greater anointing, a greater release that you're giving that spiritual father or mother to speak into your life. You want breakthrough? Submission is the key. You want a supernatural experience? Submission is the key. You want greater authority in your life? Submission is the key. You want to walk in signs and wonders? You want to see that the supernatural is natural? Submission is the key. You know, it's so funny because people all over the world recognize Jesus as like a teacher. But their recognition only goes so much. And they stop there and they don't recognize that he's the savior. That he's a son of God. And so you have even faith like Muslims who recognize Jesus, but they don't recognize Jesus. And that's an attack the devil plays on us all the time. He has us questioning the authority of God all the time. He has us questioning the authority of Jesus all the time. Can I tell you he has you a questioning the authority of your spiritual leader all the time? Does your experience trump the authority of the word? Does your experience trump? the authority of the word of a spiritual father, a spiritual mother. You know, I got massage a massage with um, moms before she left because her shoulder was like all sorts of jacked up. And right before getting to the um, masseuse place in on the spa, I was changing. And as I was changing, I like did something funny and my back like got jacked up instantly i experienced back pain before the retreat but it was like a like a creep on you like back pain back pain back pain back. it hurts sort of thing but this was like boom i was in major pain i could not bend i could not like turn like it just i pulled my back and it, it just got bad so i thought oh, okay the, mas- the masseuse is gonna take care of this and so i had this like hour and 10 minute massage sports massage it was not pleasant at all. It was so painful. But after it, you feel better. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I stood up and it was still there. It hurt so much. It hurt so much. And the first thought that I thought was, can I preach tomorrow? This devil. <laughs> He's a liar. And then, and then I told moms, and she's like, all right, we're going to pray. And I kept thinking of, you know, the words that we heard at the retreat about submitting, you know, I'm like, Oh snap. If she says I'm healed, I got to (laughs) submit. My body's got to submit. And so she prayed for me and she's like, it is done. And I'm like, (laughs) and can I tell you my experience was the pain was still there, but I had a choice at that moment. What am I going to choose to believe? Am I going to choose to believe the excruciating pain that I feel right now or the fact that my spiritual mama said that I am fully healed? And so I said, okay, this makes no sense, but I'm healed. I'm healed. You know, the back pain that I experienced before the retreat, it took me out for like a couple of days because I came into agreement with it. Thank you, love. But I came into agreement, and this time I was like, no, I will not come into agreement with this. And I fought all day. I fought all day, and I claimed the truth, and I said, body, you will submit. You will, I don't care how you're feeling, you will submit. And did you know, man, my back is completely fine right now. All Every minute, every minute that passed by, it got better and better and better and better and better and better because I refused to believe the lie. And you know what the crazy thing is? My back pain, it was a lie. Even though I experienced it, it wasn't true. Why? Because the word of truth says I'm fully healed. So even though I felt pain, it was a complete lie, a deception of the enemy, and I would not come into agreement with it. So when you get and you receive prayer and someone speaks those words, you are healed. I don't care how you feel, you are healed. And your experience, unless it comes into agreement with that word, is a complete lie. You know, moms went to Indonesia and one of her uh, team members couldn't sleep that well. And so she let her take a nap, which moms normally does not do. She just napping is not in her book. She's like too gangster. Don't waste a minute when you're on the missions field. But this particular sister was just, she couldn't get any sleep. So she's like, all right, why don't you go take a rest? And after a couple of hours, uh, mom goes in to check up on her. And, and, and the sister is like, like this, like just like this. And she's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And then she goes, I'm getting so attacked right now. I've been getting so attacked. I'm struggling so much right now. You know what moms, you know, if that was me, I'd be like, oh no. Okay, let's pray right now. We're going to come against this attack. You know what she said? She goes, that's a lie. (laughs) I was like, wait, mom, you said what? She goes, I said that that was a lie. What you're experiencing right now is a lie. You are not struggling. The devil can't touch you. No weapon foreign against you will prosper. You're untouchable. What you're experiencing right now is a complete deception of the enemy. And then this sister goes, really? She goes, yup, and boom, everything broke off of her. You know why? Because that sister recognized the authority of moms and she submitted to it. Done. That's gangster. So, you know, I was doing discipleship, and you know, my girls are coming in, they're like, oh, I'm like, that's a lie. That's deception. It's awesome. You know? Okay. Anyway, but it's the truth, and I never realized that. I never realized how many actual lies that I believe in. Because I experience it. Yes. Here's the thing. Recognition of authority leads naturally to submission. Submission leads naturally to supernatural power encounters. You can't skip that flow. So many of us want the supernatural encounters without the submission. And it does not work like that. Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for more of him? Has that been the cry of your heart, but you feel blockage? My question to you is, have you been submitting? Have you been in full submission to your spiritual leaders or to the word of God, which should all be in agreement, by the way? And I was just thinking, man, this past weekend, the retreat was crazy. But when I was praying, you know, the thought that the spirit revealed to me is so many people didn't get it. So many people didn't get it. And I'm here and I want to refute that lie right now because it is a lie. I don't care if you were expecting a supernatural or you, my favorite, you know, whatever, okay. You know, It doesn't matter. God was there. And the word that was preached was insane. It was insane. I'm talking about you should be the same. Like nothing about you should be the same. The word that was incredible. But so many people said, "Mm -hmm, I don't really know. Not that the preaching was good, but like, you know, what was going on, I don't really know. And all I'm saying is you better submit if you want the meat of what happened at that retreat. You got to listen to those messages again and again and again and again and again until it is bound to your heart. And until you wear it around your neck, you got to take those words and say, that's my inheritance. Inheritance. Because so many of your answers were in those messages, and you didn't even know it. Y'all were asking God questions about your future. Your answer was there, and you didn't catch it. And I'm saying, you, you got to listen to it again, because it is all there. It is all there. Submission, we got to rethink what that means. We got to reinterpret what that means and why it's so important to us. So many of us are craving wisdom and direction in our lives. What is the key submission? We just read it in Proverbs. If you do these things, quote unquote, if you submit, when you walk, those words will guide you. When you are awake, when you sleep. They will watch over you, and when you are awake, they will speak to you. Submission gives you direction, submission gives you freedom, submission gives you supernatural encounters, submission gives you authority. Submission gives you authority. We think authority is taken away from us when we submit. That's completely false. Authority is given to us when we submit. When you submit by recognizing who you're submitting to, all of a sudden you realize who you are. And the moment you realize who you are, you grow in your authority. There is an increase of authority that happens. Submission releases authority. That's you want more authority in your spiritual walk. You want to pray and see the blind eyes healed and the deaf ears healed and cancer gone. You can't do that without submission. Amen. So how are you treating your inheritance? I'm talking about a submission that's not based on duty, but like Steve Tross said, based on devotion. You know why I so easily submit to moms and pops? Because I love them. And I know that they love me. And it's easy. There might be a struggle. It might not be, you know, so clean, perfect all the time. But when I go back to that revelation, they love me and I love them. Submission flows. Submission also produces fruit. You know, I was thinking about the seeds that were thrown at this retreat, and it reminded me of the parable of the sower. You remember that parable? And the seeds, depending on their circumstances, where they landed, it all responded differently. There was the seed that just landed on shallow soil, And the, 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 the plant quickly withered away because it was too shallow. And then there was a seed that was surrounded by thorns and the worries just suffocated and choked the potential of the seed. And then there was a seed that landed on fertile soil. Can I tell you what fertile soil is? Submission. It says later on in that verse in Matthew that the one who understands it, that represents the fertile soil. But understanding comes with submission. The one who understood it, you know what that means? They submitted it to it. They heard the words, they understood. Because, you know, some of us say we understand it, but we don't submit. That's not the understanding that's encompassing what that parable is talking about. Understanding is encompassing submission. And what happens to that seed in particular? It produces a fruit 10, 60, 100 fold. Can I tell you about inheritance? When inheritance is passed down through generations, it multiplies. In the natural, if your mom passes away and she has $500, you're going to get $500. But in kingdom culture, it does not work like that. It comes down with multiplication. Abraham sought out a son. He got one. Isaac sought out sons. He got two and Jacob sought out sons and he got 12. Do you see what just happened? It wasn't addition anymore. It turned into straight multiplication. One to two to 12. That's how the kingdom of God works. 10 to 60 to a hundredfold. That's how the kingdom of God works. When you're in submission to your inheritance, your fruit will abound. And when you see pops preaching, when I saw mom's preaching, I was like, my inheritance, you know? And later on, God was like, no, more than that, more than that. I was like, snap. Okay. (laughs) And then when my spiritual daughters look at me, you know what they say? My inheritance. But guess what, ladies? It's more than that. It's more than that because it's multiplication. So when we talk about submission, I want us to refer more to this Proverbs passage. This is what submission really looks like. It's not, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. It's taking the words and binding it to our hearts. It's like wearing it, fastening it around your neck. You know, in Proverbs chapter two, let's all turn there. Proverbs chapter two. Let me find this verse quickly. Oh, no, just kidding. Proverbs chapter one, verses eight and nine. It says, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. When you submit, you receive grace. And that pendant, you know what the pendant they're describing? It's a kingly pendant. It's a kingly necklace that was given to royalty. When you submit to those words, not only do you receive grace, but you get anointed. Come on. That's pretty good. (laughs) When you look at knights or people who are going to become knights, what do they do? They first kneel down and then they get anointed. They don't just stand up and all of a sudden the person chases that they first kneel down. First thing that they do is recognize the authority of who's anointing them, who's knighting them. If I kneel down next in front of somebody that has no authority and I recognize, everything they say does not matter. But unless there's recognition of the person that's knighting you, then it's done. And they kneel down and they receive that anointing. When they get up, they're stronger. And they're anointed, they're elevated, they're promoted. So when I think about... Samuel going to anoint David as a young child and pouring a flask of oil all over his body. And then that prophet leaving David all by himself all these years. You know, you had to think about it. David had to recognize Samuel. He knew that he was a king, but he couldn't know that until he recognized Samuel's authority. He says, Samuel must be a prophet of God. The moment he came into truth with that, what Samuel spoke over him became true. So many of the words that your spiritual parents say over you, don't believe because you don't recognize their authority. They speak to you about who you are and you reject it all the time because you do not know who they are. And so moms and pops talks to a lady and they say, you are my beloved one. Guess what? She says, yes, I am because she knows that's my mom and that's my dad. She recognizes them. submission, recognition, and elevation, all interconnected. We can't go after elevation without those things in place. You can't go for anointing with that that out of place. You recognize your spiritual authority. You say, you're my mom and you're my dad. And then you believe and receive what they say as it's in accordance to the word of God. And then you get promoted and then you get elevated and then you get set free and then you get breakthrough. Some people were feeling frustrated and I'm giving you the key here. Listen to those messages again and recognize who's preaching it. Recognize that man of God who's preaching it. Receive what he's saying over you. And then cherish them. And watch what happens in your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, we long for identity. But the person who tells you who you are is your father. We can't get identity outside of sonship. It's impossible. And every time I use that S word, submission, you can replace it for sonship and it'll be the same thing. Some of you guys are like, I'm a son. I'm a son. But if you're not in submission, you're not a son. Submission and sonship are together. They're one. And I believe that God is establishing sonship in all of us. I've been, man, God's been rocking my world about sonship. And the lies that I believed in for so long are finally coming off. And I want us just to take this time and just allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to reshift our mindsets. And what you thought of when you heard the word submission, I want you to come into agreement with what the word of God says. I want you to understand the heart behind submission. The person That submits to that Proverbs is a son. Because he says mother and father. That person that's submitting to those words is a son. And we are all sons here. Yeah. Jesus. 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 Yeah, let's all just begin to pray out loud. Let's just begin to pray about a revelation, a fresh revelation of sonship. God we just release revelation, Father, right now. Jesus. Jesus.
0: up uh before you come up uh i just feel like the lord is saying uh there's a strong revelation that that aaron is highlighting here and i just feel like uh here's the thing right your inheritance uh is connected with pastor benjamin and pastor sunny because obviously they're your grandparents uh whatever they speak you want to take and you want to bind it around your heart you want to wrap it around your neck like a scarf Alright, Those things are going to watch over you. They're going to lead you. They're going to speak to you. It's going to, it's, going to, it's going to be wisdom. It's going to be protection. It's going to be life for you. But check this out. Your inheritance, it comes from me. It comes from Aaron. All right? And I think it's doggone shame that there is made available to you. Not all churches are able to do this. But our church has made available to you. An inheritance since 2007. And only one person in this room has taken the time to go and get the full inheritance. All right, Mark, stand up. Mark, how many messages have you heard since 2007? 40 to 50. 50. Or right, you lost track because you lost, you listened to so many. Are you staying awake through all that? Oh, most of it, okay. <laughs> it's alright, it's alright. The son's honest, that's good. Alright. He's been, he's been texting me and saying, ah, hallelujah, I, I just finished all of 2007 sermons, right? And he's, and I'm looking at that and I, and I, and I was like, what a strange boy. This is so abnormal. And you know what? The Spirit of the Lord said, no. What Mark is doing is exactly what the sons of the house need to do. You want to understand why John Michael is John Michael? It's because he has sat under every single word that I've ever preached. And when he's missed something, he's good about it. I don't know if he's been perfect about it, but he's been good about listening to every preaching word that I've ever given. You know what Marcus does? When he moved to Itaewon, he takes the time to listen to every word that is preached from the pulpit. Why? Because they understand without even knowing the concepts that this is their inheritance. So there's two things here that I feel like God's addressing. You need to understand where your inheritance is coming from. And so many of you in here, you're starved, you're famished. You're, and you're hungering for a prophetic word. You're hungering for a healing deliverance session. And all if you do is go and get your inheritance, you'll be in a much healthier place. Well, I was going to take up so much of my time. Look, and I got convicted by Aaron's message, right? Here's the deception of the enemy to me. Here's the deception of the enemy to me, right? Pastor Benjamin asked me during his stay. He kept referring to his blog which I inspired him to open up. And he said, oh yeah, I mentioned this on my blog. Did you read it? And I said, oh no. Then he started teaching on something else and said, oh, I mentioned this on my blog. Did you get to read it? I said, oh no. And you know what I realized during while Aaron was preaching? All right. I haven't read one of, I haven't read a single, I haven't read, I've only read excerpts, but I have not read through an entire blog entry yet. There's only about five or six entries. I didn't read through any of them yet. What is, what is happening? Alright? Satan has been deceiving me and robbing me of my inheritance. He's been causing me to treat my inheritance with contempt. Just like Esau treated his inheritance with contempt. And so I'm not taking the time to go and get my inheritance. The blog. Here's something else. When Aaron was preaching. God convicted me. He said, When Pastor Benjamin was here, he asked me to help him fix his podcast. Why? Because his podcast has been broken since like summer of 2009. Meaning messages from 2009 into 2011, none of them are on his podcast because the podcast doesn't upload. If you go to his website, it works. But his website is very tedious to try to download each of every one of them. Sometimes the links are broken as well. And I was helping him fix the podcast. And you know what I noticed? I noticed it didn't bother me that I hadn't listened to all these sermons. You know what bothers me more is when the Bethel podcast isn't working. But my inheritance, as much as you know, I get fed through the Bethel podcast, I got to understand my inheritance is coming from Pastor Benjamin. When I spend time with Pastor Benjamin, I'm getting hit By revelation, left and right, and there's so much revelation, so many good words, and I'm trying to submit. I'm trying to, I'm trying to submit. I can't even catch my breath sometimes. I'm trying to submit to not just rebukes and correction, but to like words that establish. And I, and I understand when I spend time with him, I get so blessed. But, but for whatever reason, I'm letting Satan rob me of my inheritance when I'm not with him. Blogs, podcasts, his teachings that I oftentimes record with my iPhone, his prophecies. He's giving me bomb prophecies. That's my inheritance. And I realized tonight as Aaron was preaching, Satan's been robbing me of my inheritance. And you know what? That's a prophetic word for all of you. Satan's been robbing you of inheritance. I'm not saying that I'm a Bill Johnson. I'm not saying that I preach like Pastor Benjamin. But guess what? I'm your spiritual father. And there's only one man in here that's gone back and started claiming his inheritance. Y'all need to take up your inheritance. Because you're wondering... Why things are out of order in your life. Why there's confusion. There's a lack of clarity. Why you're not growing as much as you'd like to. And because you're letting Satan rob you. That's one. Stop letting him rob you of your inheritance. You know what I mean? Like, like, like even. Let me talk about chicken nuggets. All right. I'll give you chicken nuggets on Twitter. Right, I opened up, the Lord put it real strong on my heart. For two years, he kept saying, open up your blog already. Open up your blog. Open up a Twitter account. Open, open up a fan page, which now is called just a Facebook page. And you know what most people think of it? When they see the Facebook page, they start laughing. And they say, oh, you must be so full of yourself. You have your own Facebook page. Well, you should shut your face because the Holy Spirit's the one that's let me to do it. And while you're sitting there, all you can do is criticize somebody. What significant thing are you contributing to society and to church? All right. Through the Facebook page, all right, you're going to get, I'm not going to call them chicken nuggets. God's going to give you nourishment. He's going to give you your inheritance through these things as well. You know, and so, you know, I watch. I watch to see who's actually up on there. And guess who likes every single quote that I put up by Rick Warren, Pastor Benjamin, or even my own quote? Guess who likes every single one of them? Besides Gian. <laughs> Gian, man, Gian, she's not even part of our house, but she's, she's getting her inheritance. It's Mark you? Everybody else, you are getting your inheritance from all the weird comments that all your friends make. And you think that's supposed to edify your soul. We value that more than we value the inheritance of our spiritual father. I mean, come on. Something doesn't make sense here. I'm saying I'm with you. I've been doing the same thing. And, I need, and you know what? I need to go up to Pastor Benjamin and tell him, you know what? I know he noticed. He didn't say nothing. So, oh, okay. You didn't read it? All right. And he called me like two times. And then when I was doing the podcast... I was like, ah, oh, like I was being all critical. Oh, this person messed it up. This person doesn't know what he's doing. Whoever set this up, he said, he's, he's stupid and all this stuff. And he's watching me really quietly. He was just like this the whole time. And I was like, wow, man, your pocket, Pops, your podcast hasn't worked for like a year and a half, two years. That's a lot of messages. He's like, yeah, that's a lot of messages. I know he knows. He's watching how much I value my inheritance. And man, you know what? I've been missing out. So one, don't let Satan rob your inheritance. Two, here's some revelation I got just now, right? I want to just teach. I want to teach right now. It's about being here. The importance of being here. You know, sometimes I show up to a Friday fire and I know full well That people can be here and they're not. And then I go, I get bothered by that. And I go, why am I bothered? Is it because I'm trying to play spiritual police? Am am I because... Is it because... (laughs) Is it because I'm here and they're not? and, And I'm like being legalistic and being religious and being like, they should be here. Right? No, you know what? It bothers me because I now identify... That what people miss out, they miss out. When they're not here, they miss out. And then some people say, well, I can listen to the podcast. And here's a great image that Pastor Benjamin gave me. He said, he said all right, people can get it on podcast if they must. But If they're choosing to, to not be there and get it later on podcast, guess what it's like? He said, it's like a family sitting down at the same table to dine together. Dining together with the family in the presence of the family is radically different than getting a doggy bag and eating it on your couch later on by yourself. And so many people, when they don't have to do that, they're choosing to eat their little meal in a doggy bag on their couch or on the subway by themselves. And you know what? Guess what? They are missing out. And when you're not here, you are missing out. And that's why attendance is important and it's going to continue to be important a part of membership at our church because guess what? When you're not here, you are missing out. Now, I believe that's all connected to your inheritance as well. So look, man, our leaders here, we're not trying to police you to be at Sunday swim, Friday fire and Sunday service if you're able to be at these things. We're not trying to get you to be there just so that we can say, oh, we got... We got more people there. We're trying to get y'all there cuz this is the place of blessing. This is where the family of God sits down and we dine together. And how good is it when you dine together with brothers and sisters? Like that's why the hillside dynamic is so special and unique cuz we have we have we have a lot more brothers and sisters here, people that have been walking with us a long time. And when we dine together, we laugh together, we, we say amen together. So it's a certain dynamic. And that's being established at Itaewon as well. But that spirit of sonship needs to be established and spread. As that happens, ET1 is going to have the same dynamic. It's not going to be a hillside thing. You know what I'm saying? All right, that's all I got to say. Okay, thank you.